Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hey, thanks so much for connecting with us through this beautiful gospel series. We have made it to the final letter of the acronym WEAT in our study here. And uh, we've looked at wounded children. We've looked at human solidarity. We looked at exhaustive reconciliation. And in the last episode, we talked about God's absolute grace. And today we're going to be talking about transformative love. Okay. So we always start all of these episodes right at the beginning, right? We always go back and look at uh, how we see humanity at the very beginning of beginnings. Today, we're going to look in John chapter one. All right. Start with verse one. To go back to the very beginning is to find the word already present there, face to face with God. The word is I am. God's eloquence echoes and concludes in him. The word equals God. The beginning mirrors the word face to face with God. The logos is the source. Everything commences in him. He remains the the exclusive parent reference to their existence. There is nothing original except the word. The logic of God defines the only possible place where humankind can trace their genesis. His life is the light that defines our lives. In verse 5, the darkness was pierced. It could not comprehend or comprehend or diminish this light. So let's look at a few things here. Number one, Jesus is the Logos. He's God's mind made up about everything. He is also the Rhema, the mirror reflecting the Father. Jesus is the source of everything. All things develop and are created in Him. He created us in no one else's image but Himself. Our understanding of God starts with Him. Jesus is our Genesis. His life, His revealing is the light, the force, the awe. It it is the defining light. And it defines who we are. It exposes us. That's what light does, right? It exposes things. It exposes us to true reality, the reality of the Father. The light, the phos, and the life, zoe, are abundant. They're real. They're full. It's the God kind of life, the real life. So phos zoe, or anios zoe, it's John 3.16, the light life brings about the everlasting life. It's boundless. It's full. There's no borders. (laughs) It's not broken, but it is God's life. It's what he gives us. Jesus pierced the darkness. That darkness was our veiled understanding, our woundedness. His light pierced through our woundedness and brought about a true understanding, right? This veiled darkness, this veiled understanding could not comprehend Our misunderstanding of the Father, our misunderstanding of what life was actually supposed to be, could not comprehend, could not understand, and in no way, shape, or form, when someone really encounters Jesus, can their misunderstanding, their veiled brokenness, there's no way it can conquer Jesus. Jesus removes it, and he brings sozo. So, We don't want to start humanity at darkness or our woundedness. We actually go before that, right? There's chapters in Genesis before the fall, right? So we're going before that. We're going before the wounding of of man. And we are not 
looking at depravity as being the beginning of man or even being uh, the total end all for humanity, right? If we started depravity, that puts man at odds with God. It puts God in a separate part of the universe. It makes God out to be an angry deity with a with a sadistic desire to crush humanity unless someone steps in, unless he can take out all of his wrath on one person, and that person ends up being Jesus in this thought process. What we have discovered is that uh, if we actually start with the beginning, the beginning of seeing a loving God who creates the universe out of a kinetic, a self-giving love, and then handcrafts humanity in his image and calls us children. And at that place, even in the garden, in that place of kinetic love, yes, man did screw up and ends up being wounded. But even there in the beginning, we see that that there's this process, that there's this thought, there's this releasing of Zoe, or, or, or of Sozo there at the beginning. Okay, so let's look at what this means for everyday life. If we start out with the goodness of the Father, and that we are created in His image, and that Jesus brings Sozo, what does this now bring uh, for everyday life? What does this mean to be saved? Okay, let's 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 see things from a depraved position. If you if you're seeing things from that still that mentality that uh, the, that place of depravity, if that's the way you're going to go, then let's, you're going to have to see see it like this: that humanity is separated from God, that there's only a select few, the elect, who are actually chosen, uh, and they are forced into that chosen place through submission with what was called irresistible grace. Um, only the ones that the Father chooses shall be saved. So the definition of salvation in this understanding becomes a single moment that focuses on future events. Um, you may have heard of this concept before. It's sometimes used in terms or phrases like the perseverance of the faith or eternal security. Um, there is just some single moment that launches humanity into this future event of a judgment that lands man in one or two places, heaven or hell. So in this understanding, the drive for one to meet Jesus uh, is uh, safe for eternity. Evangelism then becomes a scare tactic. Um, if you don't do this, then you get this, right? It's like this escapism. Uh, so there's this idea of Christianity that's based on a salvation of bad, of a bad outcome to to get out of something. All right, that's what salvation is. You got to get out of the the the, the destruction. Um, but that word's not found in the Bible. This idea of a bad outcome or this idea of an escape that's that's what salvation is. It's basically a new interpretation, right? It, it's it's really where we get this idea of some sort of rapture, <laughs> um, and. That's that word is nowhere to be found, and that concept that that we see a lot being uh, put out there um, by some you know, hasn't even been around for a hundred years. It, it, it came from Schofield and and Henry Haley and John Darby, and I mean, it, it, it's too much to get into right now. But that idea of escape has not been around forever. It definitely wasn't the idea in the early church, and that wasn't uh, the idea that the early church was presenting when it talked about salvation. It never in any way, shape, or form was salvation sozo supposed to be a way of escape. All right. What we want to look at and begin to understand about the beautiful gospel is that the Father is bringing a transformative love. Okay. 
So in this understanding, if we want to pinpoint a time of salvation, we might want to look at the moment when the eternal boundless word of God wrapped himself in human flesh and entered our world through the virgin's womb. When the divine nature of Jesus joined and merged with the human nature, the incarnation, it's there that if we start looking, we'll begin to see the beginning of sozo, the beginning of salvation. That that event echoes in all humanity, in all human time, that salvation is here. We have, we have to see this, this place of salvation, that it's, it's bigger than just, than just, um, just a one-time event. He brought salvation. He saved. We encounter salvation. It's revealed to us. We are continually transformed and we are continually being saved and we will be saved. It's, it's this huge thing. The Eastern Orthodox church and the early church, um, describe, uh, this as theosis. It's the transformative process through union with the father to become like Christ. Arianus wrote that the word of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who did through his transcendent love, became what we are, that we might bring that he might bring us to to be even what he is himself. He became like us, so we become like him. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, The command, be ye perfect, is not idealistic gas, nor is it a command to do the impossible. He's going to make us into creatures that can obey the command he said, that we were gods, and he is going to make good out of his words if we let him. For we can prevent him if we choose. He will make the feeblest and filthy of us into being like him, dazzling, radiant, immortal creatures pulsating all through which such energy and joy and wisdom and love as we cannot now imagine and bring a a bright stainless mirror which reflects back to God perfectly, his own boundless power and delight and goodness. The process will be long and in parts hard, but that is what we are in for nonetheless. He meant what he said, that we will be like him. All right, so... Uh, Lewis is a poet and he has a fantastical imagination, but he gets the point across. George MacDonald, a contemporary who um, of Lewis, basically is the one that Lewis points to as, as his inspiration, uh, said this in his sermon, The Mirrors of the Lord. He said, Paul's idea is that when we take into our understanding, our heart, our conscience, our being, the glory of God, namely Jesus Christ, as he shows himself to our eyes, our hearts, and our consciousness, he works upon us and will keep working till we are changed into the very likeness we have thus mirrored in us. For with his likeness, he comes himself and dwells in us. He will work until the same likeness is wrought out and perfected in us, the image, namely, of the humanity of God, in which in which image we were made at first, but which could never be developed in us except by the indwelling of the perfect likeness. By the power of Christ thus received and at home in us, we are changed. The glory in him becoming glory in us, his glory changing us to glory. Okay. Matthew 5, 8 says, since we are children of a perfect father in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. That's what his transformative love does to us. It perfects us into that which is perfect. 
Second Corinthians three talks about how as we draw close to the Father with unveiled faces, we become like mirrors. We begin to reflect Jesus. We are transformed into the very image of Jesus. That all happens through the Holy Spirit. Second Peter one four. We experience partnership with the divine nature. That partnership causes us to become that nature. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 talks about how it's the, it's the fivefold ministry's job to help us to this oneness in faith, to experience what it means to know the Son of God and become one perfect man like Jesus. Ephesians 3, 17 through 21 talks about the life of Christ is released deep within, and we experience the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ much more dimensionally, and it changes us. How deep, how intimate, how naked is that love? Never, ever doubt God's mighty power and work in you to accomplish all this. His sozo, his salvation is transforming you. Not for some future event, not to save you from some hell, but to make you more like Jesus, to make you like him, which is love. Paul goes on to say that the Father will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, an unbelievable dream, or your wildest imagination. He will do all of that. In 1 John 3, it talks about how we do not know what we will be just yet, that there's a process, but we will be just like Him, for we will see Him as He truly is. This is theosis. This is salvation. In Romans 10, it talks about how your heart is unveiled, and you confess, you acknowledge Jesus. Jesus you you confess and you acknowledge Jesus. Your mind is changed and you encounter salvation. You encounter sozo. You encounter healing. That you are made well. You are, you are, you, your health is restored. You are whole. You are restored to your original intent. You are awakened to your sonship. That process begins uh, there in sozo. His transformative love starts the sozo process. We are saved. We are being saved, and we will be saved. So what awaits us? What, what awaits us in this transformative love is Christ-likeness. Our understanding and communication has to shift from, save me from something. Save me from hell. Save me from this. Save me. It has to move from that to, I am saved, and I am becoming more like him. That is the purpose of salvation, to open our hearts, to see the Father for who He really is, and to become more like Jesus. That is what the transformative love of the Father does. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just 
write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure.